Welcome back to the Startup Showdown podcast, where we discuss pitching, funding, and scaling startups. Join us as we interview winners, mentors, and judges of the monthly $120,000 pitch competition powered by Panoramic Ventures. We also discuss the latest updates in software, Web3, healthcare tech, fintech, and more. Now sit tight as we interview this week's guest and their journey through entrepreneurship. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Startup Showdown, and this is going to be a fun one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, Panoramic Ventures. Without them, we couldn't be sharing these important stories. Today on Startup Showdown, we have Mo Nori with Script Chain Health. Welcome, Mo. Thank you for having me, Lee. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Script Chain Health. How are you serving folks? Um, yeah, definitely. So Scription Health is a digital health startup that uses artificial intelligence for cardiovascular disease and readmission prevention by optimizing the point of care uh, for the patient at the time of admission. So um, how did you kind of um, decide to go in this direction? What was the genesis of the idea? Definitely. So um, growing up, my mother and my grandmother uh, raised me um, and everything like that. And as I started to get a little older, I, I started to notice that my mother, my grandmother's health started to deteriorate very slowly. Over the years, I, I saw that, you know, she became more and more unhealthy and it got to a point where she needed assistance to actually walk. Um, I found out that, you know, she was suffering from cardiovascular disease and one morning back in 1999, we all woke up and received the call that, you know, nobody in the world wants to receive, which is that my grandmother passed away. Um, at that time I have never experienced my heart drop so fast in my life, um, until that morning. And it was excruciatingly painful, especially with my grandmother who really raised me. I mean, every single day she was, she was there. Um, and I really thought to myself that, you know, why wasn't this illness preventable? Why didn't, why we weren't, why weren't we able to predict this illness from, from occurring? Cause I know that we could have alleviated some of the issues um, to, to, you know, really, really intervene at our early stage and fast forward to when I got into Boston college, uh, while I was pursuing my MBA concentration in data analytics, I started to really look into how large of a problem this actually is. And I found out that it's the number one cause of death in the United States and the entire world, uh, us, uh, death rate tolls to around 700,000 deaths a year annually, globally, you're looking at over 18 million. So how did you, but how did you connect the dots and say, you know what, um, there's a ton of data and this is a major problem. There must be a way to kind of connect some dots here to say this, if we do this here at this point, maybe we can prevent a portion of these. Or if we do this here after you've done this, then maybe that'll prevent some. And then we can kind of lower that number a bit. Definitely. And, you know, when, when I was in the ideation and in the, uh, market research mode, I started to figure out that artificial intelligence is growing at a 50% compound annual growth rate within healthcare. And since AI was growing so 
significantly um, in the healthcare industry just because of the vast resources of medical data out there. I was thinking that it might be a very, very strong solution uh, to being able to, you know, predict these illnesses and to, to identify all these high risk patients. Um, when I started to, to develop on that, Scripture Health was, was born, and, and that's what we do. We use patient medical data, fully secure, obviously, um, and we are HIPAA and high-tech com- compliant to be able to identify all, all these high-risk patients before the illness actually occurs um, via like outpatient care for cardiologists and primary care physicians. So there's some breadcrumbs that every individual is leaving um, that the the machine learning can help kind of identify and this artificial intelligence can kind of bubble up and say, you know what, because of these six random, seemingly random data points, this person is on a path to being a high risk patient. Exactly. And we use deep learning technologies for that. So it may not be obvious like to the physician or to the naked eye, but because of the way that uh, the data is being analyzed, certain patterns kind of bubble up and you're able to to at least kind of put a marker on someone to go, hey, this person, watch out, you know. Exactly. Not only do we identify all these high-risk patients through different variable points and, and data points within their own medical uh, records, but we also have the actionable, which is uh, re- building a drug and dosage recommendation for the physician to make the ultimate decision on diagnosis. So it not only it, it kind of bubbles them up and says, okay, pay attention to this person. It already it gives them a path to treat them. Exactly. And we also focus on readmission. So we're, we're, we're looking into bettering the patient outcomes and, and provide more value-based care for the, for the patient. And explain why that's so important in today's world. Not everybody is aware of, um, you know, at one point uh, they didn't care. Insurance companies didn't care if the person was readmitted, but now they care a lot. So can you talk a little bit about that development and how that might have impacted kind of the your solution and how important it is? Correct. Um, definitely will. Uh, so, you know, medicine has has been and and the healthcare institutions have been compensated through uh, being like more based off of reactive based medicine versus preventive. Um, And payers used to compensate healthcare institutions based off of how many times a uh, patient were to be admitted into a a hospital, for example, or clinic or, or small practice. We found out that now since their business model has changed into better, you know, more quality based care, now healthcare institutions get penalized uh, for patients being readmitted. Uh, with that being said, I mean, I looked into the readmission costs and it equated to over $72 million a day in losses and penalties just in the United States healthcare system. So now providers are losing money and they're now they're looking into other solutions on, you know, being able to lower that, that cost. And that's what we help out with. So now once you have the idea and you have that personal experience that was kind of the that got the fire underneath you to really pursue this and it was really personally important to you, how did you go about building your team? For sure. I mean, while I was in B school, I was just a one man show. Um, as we started to kind of gain traction on, you know, building out a, a web application hosting and online, I was able to kind of gain more more traction because um 
even though our marketing budget was pretty much at zero, uh, word start started to spread. Uh, we, we use social media. We use Angel's List. Um, I attend a lot of hackathons, um, conferences to kind of spread the word. And we started to kind of build a team from, from there. Now uh, we're a team of still very lean, but we're a team of 12 that's uh, consisted of AI engineers, software developers, designer, and a business analyst. And we are under the advisory of world-renowned cardiologists that work at the Brigham and Mass General Hospital. Now, um, how difficult was it to kind of get the ear of these physicians and people that are in the trenches doing this kind of work? You know, because you're not a doctor, right? You're, that's not your background? Exactly. My background is more uh, in, in tech and sales, but I have worked for uh, biotech companies in the past. And it was extremely difficult in the beginning, just because I found out that, you know, a lot of physicians and health institutions are not really open into innovative solutions. Also, we was that surprising to you? Like as a, as an entrepreneur and somebody who is, you know, probably perpetually trying to solve problems, did that surprise you that people who are in science (laughs) are hesitant to try new things and to really kind of go out on a limb and maybe test something that isn't fully vetted and proven? very, I I was very shocked, Um, you know, especially with me speaking to some physicians who have never even heard of artificial intelligence. Um, There, you know, some physicians have been practicing medicine for 30 plus years, and they're really uh, focused on what they've been doing uh, in the past. They, they, They think it works, and we have no doubt about it. They know medicine more than anybody else, and we 100% agree. But I think the obstacles that we encounter every single day, like physician burnout, um, such as how much time are you really spending uh, on a per patient appointment basis, right? Um, And being able to kind of like utilize technology to help them out, you know, to really assist them with every single admission, uh, whether it be outpatient for whatever illness it is. We are starting out with cardiovascular disease as of right now, but we're looking to grow into other domains, hopefully in the future. But as long as we can get some healthcare uh, providers and institutions to kind of really um, work with startups to, to, to get everything up and running, go to market, maybe team up or, or, or partner with startups, I, I believe that we can really plug in a lot of the gaps out there in the healthcare industry. So now you have this idea, you build a team, you get some uh, people in medicine that are getting behind it at so it's always bootstrapped at the beginning or do, were you like immediately looking to raise funds no we were a hundred percent bootstrap and and we currently are as well um it's it's it hasn't been an easy road um or like pathway but we are staying focused and um and we're looking to actually raise rounds right now for our seed round so you, you've just now started kind of really, cause that's a business by itself now, fundraising. Fundraising is, uh, it's a, it's a very sweet and sour type of relationship. I am trying to enjoy the, the path to it, but it's not the most easiest thing to overcome. Right. But it's like a separate business. Like you have your business of script chain health, <laughs> which has its own fun and games, but then you have now fundraising, which is a different business that has its own fun and games. Very, very true. They're, they're, they're both uh, full-time jobs. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
is this entrepreneurial path? Is it how you imagined? Is it is it um, kind of how you pictured it in your head when you started? Um, yes and no. <laughs> I think growing up, uh, uh, my my father and my uncles are both entrepreneurs as well, and I used to see them, you know, hitting the ground running uh, for their for their own businesses. Uh, but I didn't know it was so much of a war. Um, and I, and I think at an early stage, it really is a war, especially in a highly regulated industry to be in. There are a lot of obstacles to overcome. There are a lot of regulations out there and, you know, getting people up to speed with things isn't the most easiest thing to do either. Well, you use the word war and that's interesting terminology. Did you think that the people you'd be battling were the people you're currently battling? Um, because I would think that um, a lot of people before they get into being an entrepreneur, they think maybe it's competitors and that there's these other people that are the ones that are holding you back. But in actuality, there's saboteurs around a lot of different corners. Oh, of course. I mean, and, and I use the word war because you don't really know who your friend or foe actually is until you start to compete against other competitors and start to, you know, try to gain as much market share as possible. And then you start to see where people try to, you know, get, gather some insights about your own company and then try to use it against you. And, uh, and also the incumbents uh, that want to just keep things the same, that don't want change, they're a saboteur as well. Very true. So now any advice for founders out there that are kind of getting into this um, healthcare tech space? Um, what are some of the things that you would, you know, maybe that you can smooth out their learning curve? What are some of the areas maybe they should pay attention to? Yeah, I definitely say, I mean, you have to have a lot of grit to be in this uh, business. Um, it's not the most difficult. I, I mean, it is one of the most difficult industries to kind of get in. And I think um, having the expertise uh, around you is very, very important. Um, try to get as much exposure and expertise at a very early stage, just because it'll help you in the long run. Um, so you don't kind of hit the hit the brick wall over and over again. So finding that medical person with experience uh, that's maybe seasoned early, if you can get buy-in from a person like that, that could help you um, accelerate your growth. Correct. Both from a, from a medical perspective, as well as technology perspective as well. So now how did you hear about startup showdown and panoramic ventures? Uh, how did that get on your radar? Yeah, so I actually um, I, I competed in one of their pitch competitions, and I made it to the top five. So I got exposure through that, um, and it was a it, it was a really really good experience. So, what was there any takeaway from there that was most beneficial that you could share? Um, I would definitely say that your story is a very important aspect um, to your, to your business, uh, as well as being helpful for pitch competitions and also know your numbers. So kind of articulating your why and what the opportunity is, that's, you got to get really good at, um, talking about that. Exactly. And then also know your ask as well. Yeah. Some people forget that part and that's kind of the, where the rubber hits the road. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So now, um, what do you need more of today? What, how can we help you? I mean, 
spreading the word about Scripture and Health. Um, we are looking, like I said before, uh, we are currently fundraising right now. So if we can get any investors who would like to come on board as a as a long term partner for us, we would really appreciate that. As well as other like medical expertise domains. So if you are a physician scientist, if you are you know head of innovation at your at your hospital, please uh, feel free to reach out. Now, what about ideal client? Who is the kind of uh, purchaser of the Script Chain Health uh, software? Yeah, so um, hospitals, clinics, and small practices would, would, would be our customers. Right now, so like there's a cardiologist out there with a practice, they, it would be good for them to know about you guys. Definitely. And if somebody wants to learn more, what's the website? Um, you can go to www.scriptchain.co. Um, we are also on social media as well. So we have a LinkedIn page, we have an Instagram. So feel free to message us through that and we'll definitely reach out to you. Good stuff. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Thank you so much, Lee. And, and, and thank you all for, for listening to me. Hopefully we'll be able to, um, continue our conversation later. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Startup Showdown. As always, thanks for joining us and don't forget to follow and subscribe to the Startup Showdown podcast so you get the latest episode as it drops wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more and apply to our next Startup Showdown pitch competition, visit showdown.vc. That's showdown.vc. All right, that's all for this week. Goodbye for now. 